I've been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. When you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can get a powerful Internet experience and nationwide coverage on the most reliable network. Choose the data option that's right for you. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Based on root metrics by IHS Markets Root Score reports 2H 2020 of four mobile networks. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. We're live on iHeartRadio, on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. Or shoot me an email at rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Get something off your chest. Call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, yesterday, uh, just before this show aired, this happened. Really, in the end, there is only one answer, which is that prosecutors, that the Justice Department has the discretion uh, to dismiss this case. They are the only ones that can prosecute a case. They're the only ones that can actually bring charges. And that, that that's just the way the system works. The, the, Naomi Rao, the, uh, the, the Trump appointee, wrote the decision, uh, and she explains essentially that there is no other choice here that the judge must follow the, ju- the Justice Department argument, which is that uh, new information has come forward, and that is uh, the reason why they want to drop these charges against Michael Flynn. Well, you will recognize that uh, explanation as uh, the ruling from the uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals in the Michael Flynn case ordering the rogue judge Emmett Sullivan to uh, dismiss the case. It was in response to Sidney Powell's uh, writ of mandamus. And uh, this is an overwhelming win for uh, Sidney Powell, but more importantly for Michael Flynn, who has spent the last three years of his life being drugged through this persecution. Uh, and, the, you know, the actions of Judge Sullivan ought to have him sanctioned or disciplined somehow. Actually, he ought to have to resign because uh, what he was proposing there in trying to uh, countermand the Department of Justice decision to drop these uh, charges w- just exposed him as a partisan activist. There were two um, precedents, two cases decided just this year on on this very matter. One of them was at the Superior uh, at the Supreme Court of the United States, and a nine to nothing ruling. They uh, they ordered that uh, you cannot continue with a prosecution once the prosecutor has decided that the case uh, should not go forward. This has got, of course, uh, the Democrats in in Congress in an uproar. Today, uh, the House Judiciary Committee, headed by Jabba the Hutt, Jerry Nadler, 
is going to uh, call Bill Barr up and try to, uh, you know, skewer him and make a political issue out of this. But, you know, this is another one of those cases where I think they know they're wrong. Uh, they've been caught out. Uh, Barr has produced ample evidence at this point that uh, the prosecution of Michael Flynn was a, a political hit job that went forward despite the fact that the underlying charges um, were decided to not have been a violation of the law. All he was doing was talking to uh, the Russian ambassador. And by the way, dozens of other ambassadors across the world in preparation of taking uh, his position as the, the uh, national security advisor in the Trump administration. It was all bogus. The real reason they wanted to get uh, Michael Flynn uh, out of that administration is because he was one of the very few members of the incoming administration that uh, had intelligence community experience, knew where the bodies were buried, and would be able to uncover and expose the Obama administration's surveillance of the opposing party's political campaign. They were desperate to get him out, and, and you know, to that extent, it has ex- uh, succeeded. They, uh, they forced Flynn out of the incoming administration, stupidly, by, uh, by Trump and, and Pence. And, uh, and as a result, you know, uh, the, the Department of Justice and, uh, and the CIA and the FBI were able to drag their feet on, uh, on all of this information that uh, implicated them in this wrongdoing, including the effort to frame Michael Flynn. Sidney Powell, uh, Powell is an absolute legal warrior. She comes up there from Texas, you know, goes up against all of these Ivy-educated lawyers, uh, you know, from the Obama Department of Justice, and just ends up slaying them and uncovering all of their wrongdoing. And Bill Barr deserves a huge thanks from the American people to over, uh, overturn this injustice that they were committing against Michael Flynn, a 30-year combat veteran, decorated combat veteran. And uh, one of the interesting angles of this case is some of these documents that are now coming forward directly contradict statements that, uh, uh, well, Obama hasn't been asked anything about it, but uh, that Joe Biden has made when he famously went on with George Stephanopoulos and claimed that he had no knowledge of any of this. I want to ask you about Michael Flynn, the former national security advisor to President Trump, and the move by the Justice Department last week to dismiss the case against him for lying to the FBI. The president said yesterday that that move is justified because President Obama targeted Flynn. He called it, quote, the biggest political crime in U.S. history. Your former Senate colleague, Charles Grassley, has added that Flynn was entrapped and asked on the Senate floor, what did Obama and Biden know? When did they know it? So what did you know about those moves to investigate uh, Michael Flynn? And was there any Anything improper done. I know nothing about those moves. I know nothing. I see nothing. That uh, he hadn't even completed the interview when uh, his story uh, started. He started waffling and uh, and his story started falling apart. 
investigate Michael Flynn, number one. Number two, this is all about diversion. I do want to press that. You say you didn't know anything about it, but you were reported to be at a January 5th, 2017 meeting where you and the president were briefed on the FBI's plan to question Michael, Michael Flynn over those uh, conversations he had with the Russian ambassador Kislyak. Now, I thought you asked me whether or not I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I was aware I'll, 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 I'll. that there was, that there, they asked for an investigation. But that's all I know about it. And I don't think. I was aware that they asked for an investigation, says Joe Biden. First, he says I didn't know anything about it. And then when he's surprised that George Stephanopoulos would ask a follow-up question, putting him on the spot. He equivocated and said, oh, yeah, I was in the meeting, but uh, I didn't I didn't know anything about a prosecution. Well, now, in fact, the Department of Justice has released a note from Andrew McCabe that was at the meeting. Saying that it was none other than Joe Biden himself that brought up the Logan Act as a possible route for prosecuting Michael Flynn. You know, uh, Biden only does interviews with friendly reporters. So I don't know if they're, if anybody's going to ask him, well, why are your previous statements on this topic? So at odds with the physical evidence that we now have from these Andrew McCabe notes. But you know, if, if this were a a Republican, any Republican, uh, this would be a major scandal. And of course the Democrats are uh, uh, launching into their deflect and uh, distract tactic with, um, with Jerry Nadler calling Bill Barr up to the House Judiciary Committee, I think it's a big tactical mistake by Nadler because uh, his the Democrat side on that committee is made up of lunatics and um, and liars. And Bill Barr is going to sit there quite calmly and correct them on all of their uh, misinformation. It's going to be fun to watch. Hey, I've got a quick programming note here. Uh, next week I'm going to be off. I'm uh, taking a road trip, headed out to Louisiana. Going to go uh, visit some family and take care of some business. Uh, going to be in in uh, family with family in Mississippi and and Georgia and uh, and Louisiana. And uh, filling in for me is going to be the great Dominic Izzo. He's going to take over this show on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And Wednesday is going to be held down by uh, Jeremy Leahy of Standing Ground right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. So you're going to want to tune in for that. I hope Izzo uh, behaves himself. <laughs> but I, have, I, I don't have any uh, real belief that he will. And, of course, Jeremy Leahy, he is always, uh, always entertaining to listen to. So all of this, you know, finally, after three years, we're finally getting to the nub of the wrongdoing in the Obama administration. We've got John Durham over there uh, expected to deliver indictments uh, this summer on uh, some of these bad actors, maybe Strzok, maybe Page, maybe McCabe, maybe Comey. Maybe, um, maybe others, but you know, time is running out now. And, uh, and all of this, the actual prosecutions are going to be completely dependent on who wins this election coming up in November, because, uh, you can indict people, but, uh, if, if Joe Biden gets back in there, you can bet that all of this will be, uh, all of those cases will be dismissed and everything will be swept under the rug 
especially because Joe Biden is actually implicated in that. I wonder if we could have a special prosecutor if Joe Biden is elected. Uh, Bill Barr sat down with Maria Bartiromo, who is one of the best hosts for actually getting, uh, you know, to the substance of these issues on her Sunday morning futures show and was asked uh, about a bar, uh, uh, John Durham's progress. You know, he's pressing ahead as hard as he can, and, and I expect that, you know, we will have some uh, developments, uh, hopefully before the end of the summer. Uh, but as I've said, uh, his his invest- investigation will, will continue. It's not going to stop because of the uh, election. What happens after the election may depend on who wins the election. Well, it most certainly will depend on who's elect, uh, who, who wins the election, because we know that unlike the Republicans, the Democrats are free to do just about anything they want because they've got 90 or 95 percent of the news media and social media backing them up and will run interference for them. Those uh, those same notes, I said, I'm sorry that they were uh, uh, Andrew McCabe's notes. They were, in fact, Peter Strzok's notes. Peter Strzok was the one that took the notes that uh, that implicated Joe Biden. But in uh, Peter Strzok's notes, he also pointed out that uh, Obama, uh, when he was issuing his marching orders on Flynn, instructed Strzok to make sure you have the right people on it. We don't want anybody that um, that might expose this scheme. And you wonder, you know, now that these charges have been dismissed and, and Michael Flynn's life pretty much ruined, he's been bankrupted, had to sell his house. That's his his thanks for his uh, faithful service to our country in uniform. You wonder if the feds should have to pay back his uh, legal fees that run in the uh, eight or ten million dollar range. After this hit job was uh, conducted against him, I'm sure Sidney Powell would be glad to represent him on that civil case. Obama says, make sure you have the right people on it. And Biden says, oh, maybe you can prosecute them under the Logan Act. (laughs) Biden says, I knew nothing. So, uh, you know, they're going to have these uh, these hearings today in the House Judiciary Committee. Got a clip here. This is Jim Jordan, who is one of the most forceful members of that very committee. He was put on it. Uh, during the uh, House impeachment effort, uh, sort of giving an outline on the Democrats' position on all of this. Bill Barr is trying to clean up the politics that existed in the Obama administration. Now, never forget, Eric Holder said he was Obama's wingman. Never forget that it was the Obama Justice Department that went after investigative journalists. It was the Obama Justice Department with Fast and Furious. It was the Obama administration in the last days of that administration. 38 people unmasked Michael Flynn's name 49 times. And now they have right. Jerry Nadler has the gall to say the politics is in the Barr Justice Department and the Trump administration. You've got to be kidding me. Bill Barr is trying to clean up the mess that existed there before, and thank goodness he's doing that. Well, Barr- the Democrats, uh, you know, they've got their uh, their uh, strategy, their war strategy, and it is always to uh, be on the offense. The Republicans ought to take notes because that's exactly how you have to, to fight these people. You have to stay on offense all the time. It's going to be fun. We'll, uh, we'll cover that uh, that hearing on tomorrow's show. 
So, you know, we, hey, I got to run out to a break. Stick with me. I'll be right back. Mojo. You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the the health insurance hotline today. Learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates. This is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates. So call right now to learn more. 800-605-1679. 800-605-1679-800-605-1679. That's 800-605-1679. Pay for by Go Health. So a reminder, I'm going to be away from the microphone next week, and this show will be hosted by the great Dominic Izzo on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, and hosted by Jeremy Leahy from Standing Ground uh, on Wednesday. So uh, if you normally listen to this show, or you sometimes listen to this show at my personal uh, speaker feed, uh, that will not be posted. You will have to listen to it live or uh, you can listen to it on Mojo Five O's Spreaker feed. So on yesterday's show, I covered uh, the the violence that took place in Madison, Wisconsin, overnight, where they uh, they tore down the statue of an immigrant who was a an abolitionist who fought for the Union Army. And, uh, you know, to abolish slavery and was killed in the line of duty in Chickamauga, Georgia. That's the level of uh, intelligence and coherence that these uh, these Black Lives Matter so-called protesters have. They also tore down a statue of a, a, a woman who saved uh, saved six children from a uh, uh, from a an explosion that happened there. The, both of these statues, by the way, were on the grounds of the Wisconsin State Capitol in Madison. They drug the statue of the uh, Union War hero through the streets by a noose, by the way, around his neck, and dumped it into a lake. These are the people who want to have a national conversation, we're told. And uh, this this riot started as a result of uh, a particular incident where uh, this Black Lives Matter protester uh, was marching around with a bullhorn, and he started following a guy, screaming into his ear with a bullhorn. That's an assault, by the way. Accusing him of being a racist. Didn't know the guy from Adam. Followed him into a restaurant. There's actually video of it. I'm not going to... Well, I guess I might play some of it. But he's he's screaming, you know, that the guy's a racist. The guy's a racist. Doesn't know him. This is how the game is played, though, you see. But when I say stay on offense, this is what I mean. This guy just continued to hurl accusations at somebody he didn't even know. By the way, he had a baseball bat thrown over his shoulder, so it was not only a direct a battery with a, a, 
bullhorn, but it was a, an assault and a threat of violence as well. Here's a report uh, from Madison on the goings-on. Black man was arrested after he followed a white man into a restaurant with a baseball bat and a megaphone and screamed in the white man's face that he's a racist. The police showed up, and Madison police report that the man arrested was able to push past officers and escape from the squad car before being tackled as he attempted to escape. So it was the arrest of this lunatic that sparked the violence in Madison where they, uh, they dumped this uh, Union war soldier into the lake. Here's a, a clip of um, the actual Black Lives Matter peaceful protester uh, assaulting this, this poor gentleman. You're a racist. You're a racist. Why are you a racist? <laughs> you know, uh, if this guy had been armed, he would have been well within his rights to defend himself because this guy's following him with a baseball bat thrown over his shoulder that he could hit him with at any time. And obviously he was a deranged person. But you know, we've seen this. It's It started with the Confederate uh, memorials that went on to the founding fathers. It's gone to Abraham Lincoln, the guy responsible for freeing the slaves. Now they want to tear down his statues. And, uh, and most disturbingly, it has moved right on to uh, religious symbols and, and churches. And it's not just that Episcopal church across from the White House has been uh, torched. Churches across this country have been defaced and attacked in this, uh, the, these peaceful protests. There was an image online of uh, uh, an angel uh, on a pedestal in a cemetery that was uh, overlooking uh, uh, children, uh, you know, that had been buried. They toppled that and broke it. It had been there for over 100 years. Beautiful, beautiful piece of statuary. And this attack on our churches has been sanctioned by the uh, the ideological center of uh, the, the Black Lives Matter movement to Sean King. He's not black himself, but he plays one on TV. And, uh, you know, he took to Twitter and said that uh, all of these images, these uh, religious images are part of white supremacy. And uh, ends his tweet with tear them all down. And they uh, they have taken him up on that. And at the same time, all of this lunacy is going on in our streets. The Democrats are calling to defund the police. And the Republicans in the Senate are actually, uh, you know, offering a police reform bill. None of this should be going on uh, under threat. And that's what exactly what it is. These people are the shock troops of the Democrat Party. They have uh, started a filibuster in the Senate because they don't want the Republicans' bill to uh, to come to the floor where they would actually give the Republicans a chance to debate amendments and uh, and try to move you know something forward. They don't want to be put in a position and the, the Democrats in the Senate of uh, of you know making campaign commercials for the Republican opponents as they try to 
uh, to undermine and uh, weaken law and order throughout this country. I've got a clip here of um, of a spokesperson for the Trump campaign saying that Joe Biden is going to own, have to own this defund the police movement. We will tie Joe Biden to all of the extremists in the Democrat Party and the far left fringes of America. Absolutely. Those who are destroying cities, who are calling for defunding the police, who are taking such extreme actions are left leaning in America. We know that for a fact. And so Joe Biden, by not standing up to these individuals, by not taking a firm stance to say what he would do is actively supporting them. Whether or not Joe Biden likes it, he owns the defund the police movement. He owns that radical ideology because he is not standing up to say that is a a policy that is a non-starter and will not work. Defund the police means things like if you are taking away funding for police, where typically speaking, 90% of money that goes to police departments is for payroll. If you take that away, so what are you saying? You're going to take away. You're saying that you want to uh, have far fewer police, and she's absolutely right. Joe Biden owns this. He has sat silent in his basement while all of this violence and destruction has been going on in the streets, has not condemned it, hasn't uttered a word of condemnation. We got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to be covering this, the law enforcement, and we're going to uh, the the uh, police reform bill. We'll catch up with the fake news out of NASCAR right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Stick with us. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is. What's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. So after the uh, latest hate crime hoax, the fake news uh, was exposed by uh, that crack team of FBI investigators that uh, that were all over the Talladega racetrack for three days, like they had nothing better to do. Uh, Bubba Wallace took to Don Lemon's show to, uh, to argue his side of it, and he says no matter what those 
Those rascally FBI agents say it was a noose. Straight up noose, he says. You know, when you go on uh, CNN with Don Lemon, you're not uh, you're not talking to NASCAR fans. You're not trying to, um, you know, put this in perspective and reach out to the people who actually um, buy the tickets at NASCAR. You're going on with a racial agitator uh, masquerading as a so-called journalist, Don Lemon, trying to uh, to whip up hatred against, uh, you know, the very people that uh, that pay Bubba's salary. There was a hate crime that took place here. It was a, a hate crime perpetrated against the fans of NASCAR and the people of Alabama by uh, by going on CNN and MSNBC and disparaging them and continuing to uh, refuse to take uh, you know the actual results of this investigation and continuing to grind this hoax. Of course, this, when this all started, uh, all of these left wing news talking heads immediately uh, condemned it and uh, and smeared NASCAR fans. NASCAR is investigating a horrible incident. A horrifying, racist, jarring, disturbing, heinous, perverted, ugly, cowardly, dreadful, hateful, stunning, shocking, appalling, disgusting reminder of who, again, this sport is for. A noose found in the garage stall of Bubba Wallace. Obviously, this is completely appalling, but do you think it's surprising? No, it's not surprising at all. And NASCAR is often considered a sport that is tethered to white folk, tethered to the South. The Confederate flag in a sport that is overwhelmingly white and certainly dominant among Southerners. This is another example of this uh, this new brand of racism where you, uh, the, the way it manifests itself is you accuse people of, you know, being morally retarded based on their skin color. The ones that are making accusations of racism are in fact the racists themselves. But, you know, just as an illustration of that, try to wrap your mind around what actually happened here. Monuments of uh, white Americans are being toppled all across the country. On the those monuments are being uh, spray painted, kill all whites or kill whitey. Scores of them all across the country spray painted on these monuments. Has the FBI arrested anybody? Have they launched a hate crime investigation into any of that? No. But another one of these uh, fake news hoaxes springs up its head, and immediately the FBI mobilizes and sends 15 investigators to spend three days on a garage door pull. Here's uh, Tucker Carlson's take on this story. Well, the FBI bought the story completely. They've done nothing to arrest the people who are burning police stations or tearing down monuments of George Washington. But the FBI sent 15 agents to Alabama to investigate the noose. And after days of investigation, they discovered the noose was, in fact, a rope with a loop used by work crews to pull down a garage door. One of these nooses was present in every garage at Talladega. Once again, authorities rushed in to believe an absurd story because it could be used to advance a political agenda. 
And uh, part of that political agenda is on Bubba Watson himself. You know, he lost his sponsor because he can't manage to win a race. And so he took up this, uh, you know, wearing uh, Black Lives Matter clothing. <laughs> you can't wave a Confederate flag, you know, that was uh, the battle flag of the Confederacy over 200 years ago. Is it? Yeah, over 200 years ago. No, just short of 200 years ago. Um, but you can wear uh, a, a T-shirt that celebrates a violent Marxist revolution that's currently going on in our streets. And what Bob Watson was trying to do by, by uh, stoking this latest hate hoax is to get a sponsorship from one of these social justice uh, multinational globalist corporations that have been throwing money hand over fist at Black Lives Matter. Here was Bubba on with with Don Lemon saying, I don't care what the FBI discovered. It was a noose. I've been racing all my life. I've, we've, we've raced out of hundreds of garages that uh, never had garage pools like that. So people that want to call it a garage pool and put out old videos and photos of, of, of knots being um, in, uh, in, in, in their, as their evidence. Go ahead. But from the evidence that we have, um, that I have, uh, it's a straight up noose. Well, if you've got evidence that it was a straight up noose, why haven't you released it? Why have we seen no clear close up photo of this so-called noose? I've seen the, uh, the knot in question that was, uh, was taken last year that, that knot's been there for a lot longer than last year, but I saw a photograph of it. It looks like a bowling knot to me. That would be the knot you would actually want to put for a handhold. You wouldn't want to put a noose. A noose is a slip knot, and if you grabbed it, it would tighten around your hand, and then you would have to loosen it to get your hand out. Pretty sure it was a bowling knot. I haven't seen the photograph because they won't release the photograph because it will further destroy their story. Reverend Al Sharpton, never to miss an opportunity to incite racial discord in this country rushed to to uh amplify bubba watson's claim it was a noose so the question is even if they did not know that bubba wallace was going to use that stall why was a noose in the stall it's clear what a noose represents it's clear what a noose represents yeah represents hanging um we haven't seen the photograph why was it in the stall well Reverend Al gets deep into his conspiracy theory here. To go whether or not they knew that sooner or later the one black driver would use that stall really doesn't answer. So they put it in there knowing that sooner or later Bubba Watson was going to be in there and he would be, uh, he would uh, melt like a snowflake. You know, I don't believe actually that Bubba Watson was intimidated by this. This is a guy that drives on NASCAR tracks, you know, at over 200 miles an hour or speeds approaching 200 miles an hour. I don't think he was actually in fear of this fake news, but he saw this as an opportunity to get sponsorships. Back to this clip from the Reverend Al Sharpton. They knew that sooner or later, the one black driver would use that stall really doesn't answer why it was in the stall at all. 
And then did someone know that it was in the stall when they did belatedly assign Bubba there? So I don't think this answers a lot of questions. And clearly from what we just saw of Bubba Wallace, it does not seem he who is the victim and possible target in this matter seems to be satisfied with this. So I do not think that we've seen closure in this particular uh, inquiry. So Bubba Watson is still the victim, he says. No, he's not the victim. He's the one that uh, collaborated or colluded with NASCAR in order to, to try to, uh, to gin up uh, sponsorships, you know, based on this, uh, this black lives matter movement. I'm going to take a real quick message. And when we come back, we're going to get on this uh, police reform bill in the, uh, in the U S Congress. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Attention homeowners that have ever had a broken appliance. (laughs) That's a joke, right? We've all had broken appliances. I own a home just like you and have found a way for as little as a dollar a day to have all the major appliances in my home on a warranty plan. They're guaranteed to be fixed or replaced. You know how expensive an air conditioner, a heating system, a washing machine, dryer, water heater, or refrigerator can be. For about a dollar a day, all your major appliances are protected in case they break. Unless you're uh, Daddy Warbucks or the Monopoly guy and you don't care about money, call my friends at the Home Service Club now and get a warranty on your major appliances. It's a free call and the first month is free. But be one of the first 25 people to call within the next 10 minutes. 800-255-4940. 800-255-4940. That's 800-255-4940. So now that the riots have subsided and we don't have these, uh, these... Peaceful protesters by the thousands in the streets up against each other, cheek and jowl, wearing no mask, no social distancing. The media was totally unconcerned with that. But now that uh, those, um, you know, those mass uh, protests have subsided, uh, the media is back trying to lock down the economy and to prevent uh, Donald Trump from holding any rallies with this, uh, this Wuhan virus hysteria. The testing that was put in place by the Trump administration is really starting to take hold now. And millions and millions of tests are being administered every day across this country. We've administered 10 times more tests than any other country in the world. And many times more than the rest of the country, uh, rest of the countries in the world combined. And uh, as a result, we're learning of uh, more cases, the vast majority of with upwards of 90% are asymptomatic, no symptoms of the virus at all. But uh, it shows that, yes, indeed, this, uh, this virus was far more widespread and that the actual mortality rate from the virus is just in line with the seasonal flu. These new cases haven't uh, resulted in any increase 
in hospitalizations, except for in, um, and I think Texas and Arizona and there, uh, the increase in hospitalizations is a very slight, but it's something that they can hang their hat on. Have you noticed that, um, there, there are no deaths in this flu season being attributed to the flu. All of those uh, deaths from last fall have been apparently classified as uh, COVID-19. So, uh, you know, they, uh, they went on their uh, media tour trying to pump up more hysteria over the Wuhan virus. And as a result, the markets uh, collapsed by about 700 points yesterday, a huge drop as the economy tries to stagger out of its lockdowns and get back to work, the, uh, the left-wing media is just not going to have it. You know, I don't think any of this is, uh, is by accident. I think it's being coordinated. If I had to guess who was coordinating it, I would say it's probably George Soros who has perfected uh, this type of uh, operation in other countries. He stokes uh, unrest and economic uh, calamity, and then he takes advantage of it uh, with currency speculation and uh, trading in their markets so that he can buy at the bottom, sit back a little while, wait for the market to try to fall back, sells, and then whips up some more hysteria and buys again and ratchets, uh, ratchets up his fortune. And that's you know a big part of the funding that's uh, being used to actually uh, foment this uh, this discord. So Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have been saying uh, ever since the murder of George Floyd that uh, we had to do a police reform bill. And if the Republicans refuse to go along with it, then they're responsible for the murder of George Floyd. Actually, she said exactly that. But so far, they were trying to get away with murder, actually. The murder of George Floyd. <laughs> So far, they were trying to get away with murder, actually. But so far, they were trying to get away with murder, actually. The murder of George. That sounds a little bit over the top. And uh, somebody asked her, well, you know, shouldn't you apologize for that uh, unhinged statement? When you were speaking yesterday, you said that Republicans are, quote, trying to get away with murder, actually, the murder of George Floyd. Senate Republicans are demanding an apology for that statement. Will you apologize? Absolutely, positively not. Absolutely, positively not. So they have jawboned the Republicans into going along with this uh, ill-conceived police reform. At the same time, we have utter lawlessness in our streets. Mitch McConnell knew where all of this was headed um, and and said so uh, before this uh, current Democrat filibuster that – that the Democrats were just going to try to deploy this for political purposes. So what I'm announcing today is after we do two circuit judges who are queued up either this week or early next week, we're going to turn to the Scott bill. I'm going to file cloture on the motion to proceed. And our Democratic friends, if they want to make a law and not just try to make a point, I hope they'll join us in getting on the bill and trying to move forward in the way the Senate does move forward when it's trying to actually get an outcome rather than just sparring back and forth, which you all have seen on frequent occasions by, by both sides. <laughs> Mitch has seen this uh, many times. When the Democrats think that they have an issue that is going to benefit them politically, they don't want to solve the issue. 
even if you go along with them, they will, uh, they'll, uh, keep anything from actually being done on it because they would prefer to have the bill or have the issue than to have the bill. Here is uh, Chuck Schumer uh, yesterday railing against Tim Scott's police reform bill. 138 civil rights groups sent an open letter to senators demanding that we vote no on moving to proceed today. I have the letter here. I want to ask the American people, I want to ask Republican senators, who is a better guardian of the civil rights of African Americans when it comes to police reform? The NAACP or Mitch McConnell? They know the bill is a ruse. And so uh, Schumer's question there is, who do they trust? The people that they actually elected and sent to Washington? Or the so-called civil rights organizations that, um, that want to politicize all of this? I think I prefer the guy that I elected to send to Congress. Here is a, sort of a truncated. This is uh, Mitch McConnell's response to this uh, politis- politicization of uh, this bill when the Democrats refused to allow it to move forward in the Senate yesterday. Think of the killings of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. Following weeks of passionate protests from coast to coast, the Senate was supposed to officially take up police reform on the floor today. Instead, our Democratic colleagues are poised to turn this routine step into a partisan impasse. Frankly, to most Americans, the situation would sound like a satire of what goes on in the Senate. A heated argument over whether to invoke cloture on a motion to proceed to a proposal. A heated argument over whether to invoke cloture on a motion to proceed to a proposal. So what they're doing is they, they, they don't want it to move forward. They're not going to allow it to move forward at all. They don't want to have to debate the bill. They don't want to have to defend their, uh, their positions or offer any amendments. Whether to invoke cloture on a motion to proceed to a proposal. A heated argument over whether to invoke cloture on a motion to proceed to a proposal. We're literally arguing about whether to stop arguing, about whether to start arguing about something else. What's supposed to happen in this body is that we vote or agree to get onto a bill and then we discuss, debate, and amend it until at least 60 senators are satisfied or it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere at the end until 60 senators are satisfied. So what are they giving up? Nothing. They don't want an outcome. The vote will take in a few hours. It's just the first step. We aren't passing a bill. We aren't making policy decisions. It's just a procedural vote to say police reform is the subject the Senate will tackle next. That all, that's all it says, that police reform is the subject the Senate will tackle next. But alas, our Democratic colleagues have suddenly begun to signal they're not willing to even begin the discussion on police reform. They're threatening to block the subject from even reaching the Senate floor. Well, that's exactly what they did. Uh, they filibustered that they, they won't even allow procedural emotions to begin debate. That is how a legislative body works. You bring up a bill, you let everybody uh, have their, their way. If uh, they're so convinced of their position, you know, the Democrats are in the minority, but they could certainly pick off a, a few Republicans to allow their amendment to get a vote. They're afraid of the legislative process. They want this issue going into the elections. They think it's going to benefit them. I think they're exactly 180% wrong. Here is uh, Tim Scott responding 
to the Democrats' uh, hypocritical filibuster in the Senate. In Detroit, Atlanta, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, all these cities could have banned chokeholds themselves. They could have increased the police reporting themselves. They could have more data information themselves. They could have de-escalation training themselves. They could have duty to intervene themselves, Minneapolis as well. All these communities have been run by Democrats for decades. Decades. What is the ROI for the poorest people in this nation? And I don't blame them. I blame an elite political class with billions of dollars to do whatever they want to do and look at the results for the poorest, most vulnerable people in our nation. I'm willing to compete for their vote. Are you? You know, I was in um, Detroit. I was in public safety for 30 years in Atlanta, Georgia, and I represented also, you know, in addition to be a, being a firefighter, I was the uh, union representative for the firefighters. And I went to a lot of these uh, city council meetings in a, uh, a thoroughly Democrat city in Atlanta. And I saw how this worked. The police or the fire department or other public safety agencies um, would be in there, you know, trying to, uh, to get something out of the budget. And it would be weeks and weeks of fight and public hearings. And, and most more often than not, we lost. But these silk stocking lobbyists representing uh, the big business interests in town would blow in, have some conversations behind closed doors. And before you know it, there would be a vote on council. Everybody would, uh, would get behind it and they would walk out of there with millions of taxpayer dollars. So Tim Scott is exactly right. These Democrat cities are thoroughly dysfunctional when it comes to actually representing their constituents but they always serve the uh, interests of big business. And I think that's what they're doing here. I think they're being led around the nose by, um, by Soros and these other uh, left-wing agitators. So Joe Biden uh, had a, a, a virtual fundraiser. Oh, by the way, I, I need to tell you also that uh, there's not going to be an actual Democrat convention in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, as previously planned. Apparently, they they saw enough with those uh, those riots that went on the other night to know that uh, that that wasn't a good idea. First of all, it wouldn't be safe for their delegates, and second of all, you were probably going to get a lot of images on TV that were just going to reinforce the breakdown of law and order in these Democrat cities. So. Joe Biden is going to be nominated through a virtual convention, which is perfect for Joe Biden because he's running a virtual campaign. But Joe Biden went on with Barack Obama, the chosen one himself, in a virtual fundraiser that uh, was said to have 175,000 people participating. Don't know how many of them were uh, actually, you know, uh, supporters and how many of them were, um, you know, Republican uh Republicans that uh, wait uh, that listened in to uh, to see what was going on, but Obama uh, was there with Biden, and uh, this is the nicest thing that he could manage to say about him. Throughout his career, has shown that uh, he's in it for the right reasons. Uh, who who didn't get involved in politics to get rich or to hobnob with lobbyists, but was most comfortable with 
working people uh, and and people who are in the middle class or aspiring to the middle class and, and, and asking them and listening to them. So Joe Biden, according to Barack Obama, didn't get into politics to get rich. Apparently that was an accident. That Joe Biden likes to hang out with the the blue collar guys, the lunch pocket, uh, lunch pail guys. That is all a uh, a facade. Joe Biden has gotten fabulously wealthy. If if you doubt it, just look at the house that he lives in. It's a sprawling mansion with an indoor pool. That, by the way, he got for less than market rates or market value by buying it from a a lobbyist for the credit card companies that Joe Biden has served so faithfully and that has done, have done so much damage to the very working people that uh, Barack Obama would have you believe that Joe Biden has deep in his heart. Joe Biden represented Delaware where all of the credit card companies that are charging these uh, usury interest rates up to 29%. And he has carried the water for them faithfully good and faithfully for 47 years first as a u.s senator and then for eight years as vice president in the white house and his family by the way has gotten fabulously wealthy including his no account drug addled son who is um you know making still making tens of millions of dollars off that 1.5 billion dollar chinese communist chinese investment that they made in his hedge fund I saw a spoof online that uh, that took off on what actually took place during this call. It's kind of long, but it's kind of entertaining. Hey, Joe. Ah! I said hello. Yeah, it's a little hot out and the birthday candles aren't lighting, but I think if I mow the lawn, the capital of Sacramento might be Texas. Uh, so, Joe, how you been? Ignore the polls. Just send in your vote. Anything new going on with the campaign? Um, we're a nation in pain. All right. Uh, anything else? Well, I was never a part, nor did I have any knowledge of any criminal investigation uh, Joe. into Flynn Joe, uh, while I was in office. Joe, you reading off a teleprompter? Huh? Vote for a real president. Vote for Trump. Um, can y'all turn off the teleprompter? He actually said that one time. Hey, you want to do some push-ups? I'm just wondering what's going on with the campaign, buddy. Hello? Well, if you got a radio, turn on the tape deck, and the eight-track will make the record player spin. Uh, Joe? Um... Back in my day, if you wore pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. You put them in the rain barrel. Right. Remember the rain barrel? Get them rusty. It, had, it got that on the member and then that pool. Yeah, well, you know uh, well, I'm proud of you, Joe. Uh, you're a good friend. Yeah, we're best of friends. Hey, remember when we directed that anti-fleeing operation? Uh, Joe, uh, we're live here. Uh, and remember when I kept saying, let's use the Logan Act? Uh, is everyone there <laughs> that can tap Joe on the head? Hello? What was that thing you kept telling me we were doing? <laughs> I could never say it right. You said said we were committing treason. Um, hello. And uh, we were involved in a sadishist conspiracy or something. <laughs> or whatever the hell you said. Uh, hello. <laughs> Can uh, we cut this live feed? <laughs> I'm so glad we paid that John Bolton guy to write that book about Trump. That $2 million really gave me the inspiration I needed to write this amazing fictional book. <laughs> Best money I ever spent. Can uh, we cut to commercial? Hello? Can we cut to commercial? Hello? I can't believe everybody believed me when I said I knew nothing about everything that was going on. <laughs> they even believed me about Terry. Hey, Joe, too. can you uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me, buddy? Yeah, I can hear you, buddy. My best friend, my partner in crime. We're never going to get caught, uh, right? Can you guys turn? <laughs> well, a virtual fundraiser call wasn't quite that bad, but <laughs> it was bad. Oh man, so much to talk about. We're going to finish up this week. 
try to have a, 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 a news roundup on tomorrow's show, and then next week we'll be hosted by Dominic Izzo and, Pat, uh, and Jeremy Leahy. And I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow. We're right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. There's something bound to happen that you're going to want to hear about. We'll talk to you then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.